Ever wonder why you get stuck and just can't seem to make progress in both your personal and professional life? Well, in today's episode, we speak to a very interesting professional who will provide insights into the reasons behind our failure to move forward and accomplish our personal goals and career objectives. And the episode today really highlights the fact that unless we deal with past trauma, these experiences can hold us back from living the life of our dreams and accomplishing our full potential professionally. Are you a healthcare professional who desires a change but feels overwhelmed at the thoughts of having to navigate a new career path? Do you find yourself at a point of transition but feel stuck because you simply don't know how to package and present your skills and experience or what career development steps may be needed for you to pivot your career or land that new professional role? Hi, I'm Dr. Diane, career strategist, healthcare leadership coach and boundary-breaking champion and I'm here to remove the overwhelm and simplify the process so you can pivot, grow and scale your career and find the fulfillment you're looking for. So do you want to glean some incredibly valuable insights in successfully navigating career change? Then pull up a chair and take the next few minutes out for some well-deserved R&R and let's chat about how to take your career to the next level. Today I'm privileged to talk to Janelle Taylor, who is a certified clinical trauma specialist, life coach, therapist, and brain spotting practitioner. Janelle has a wealth of experience in career coaching and has incredible insight into how to free ourselves from the limitations of the mind so that we can achieve wholeness and build successful careers. So Janelle, welcome today, and I'd love for you to open the conversation by sharing with us what a brain spotting practitioner is. When I first read that, I'm like, oh my goodness, can she read my mind? So maybe greet the audience and just share with us a little bit about your career journey and explain exactly what brain spotting practitioners do and yeah, how you help us accomplish our goals. Thank you so much, Diane, and it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invite. So starting with what is a brain spotting practitioner? No, I cannot read your mind. <laughs> no, want to. Can you imagine walking around seeing people's behavior <laughs> and what they're thinking? Yeah, that would be too much. Yeah. <laughs> really, a brain spotting practitioner helps clients process and release distressing memories or difficult emotions that are associated with a particular issue or trauma. Mm -hmm. And as a practitioner, I help to guide clients to visually scan the room. And while they're doing this, they're paying attention to how their emotions or body sensations may change. What happens then is at a certain point, the client's eyes naturally come to rest on a specific spot that might trigger stronger emotions or sensations related to whatever issue they were discussing in the therapy room. There, 
I would support clients as they explore and process the memories because when the eyes stop on that particular spot, most clients experience a flood of memories or thoughts in their minds. They may not all make sense. So I help them process and make connections and link these thoughts to what they're feeling in their body to help process out any emotions or memories that may have been stuck due to unresolved issues or trauma. Wow, that is extremely interesting. So thank you for sharing with us what a brain spotting practitioner does. And I can see how that is intertwined with your other roles as a clinical trauma specialist, as well as a life coach. So today that's the area I would like to zone in on is your experiences as a career or a life coach in order to help our audience who are healthcare practitioners wanting career change but feeling frustrated as they either don't know what they want to do in the next phase of their career or how to move in the direction of their career dreams. Um, But to start the conversation in that direction, can you share with us some of the main reasons people came to see you as a life coach, particularly as it related to their careers? Sure. I started my career journey in finance, interestingly. Oh, wow. I did finance for over 20 years different areas of finance. And I lived in the UK before moving to Canada. And when I moved to Canada, I knew in my heart that I wanted to switch from finance. And I thought, okay, I'm in a brand new country. It's time to reinvent myself. So I switched and I moved into adult education, which was always my love. I loved education, but not teaching. I loved the aspects of helping people get to their educational goals. So I took up a role as a student success officer at an adult college helping learners who, adult learners who did not complete high school, finish high school and move into their career certifications. While I was doing that, I realized a lot of the issues coming up for my clients had to do with life management. But I was not trained or equipped to deal with those issues in my job at the college. So I studied life coaching and then specialized in career coaching so that I can help clients overcome obstacles that prevented them from achieving their academic goals. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I realized people got stuck a lot on past traumas because the past Mm -hmm. traumas informed how they thought about themselves, how they saw their world, how they saw the world, what they believed about themselves or what was even possible for them. And that led me to go into psychotherapy because with coaching, you help clients move from where they are towards a desired future goal, but you're not really trained or it's not part of the role to take them backwards in terms of childhood traumas or things that happened in the past. And I realized I was just serving one part of people's goals or helping them meet one part of their goals, but I wasn't equipped to help them deal with the issues that were keeping them stuck. A lot of them came to me because of limiting beliefs, fear of moving forward. Some had career burnout. Some were not sure what career to choose. 
And a lot of that stemmed from the messages they got based on how, how they grew up. And that is what led me into psychotherapy. So now I can serve the whole lifespan of any client who comes to me. That is fascinating. But I also find it quite loaded because while you initially were involved in helping adult learners to achieve their academic goals, you saw the bigger need to help them deal with the root cause of what was keeping them from moving forward and achieving their life goals. So I applaud you for this enormous responsibility that you've taken on to work through these issues with your clients. Um, And the question I want to ask is, what are some of the main struggles you find that people have in advancing their life goals? And, And perhaps to tag on a second question to that, how do people identify their purpose or the thing that will bring them the greatest fulfillment in life? Yes, sure. And to answer the first one, interestingly enough, many of the clients struggled with low self-esteem and negative self-talk, distorted thinking. A lot of them didn't really know their values or know themselves because they got a view of who they are based on the type of environment they were brought up in, but never really had the opportunity to sit still and really examine who am I? And another thing that I saw coming up a lot was people not being able to communicate their skills and values in a recruiter-friendly way when they were looking for jobs, which made sense because a lot of them didn't know what that was. People went around doing their jobs, but to be able Mm -hmm. to articulate their value and own it and share it was difficult because of limiting beliefs or sometimes low self-esteem. It's interesting that you would say that because that's exactly what I found in my work. Recently, I've started working with clients on understanding their professional value and being able to communicate that value to the world, whether that be in professional spaces or outside of the work environment. Um, I found that many practitioners, regardless of the phenomenal work that they've done, simply don't know how to articulate it and they don't own their value. So I can completely relate to that. Um, Another thing that people struggle with is how to identify their talents or natural abilities in order to build their careers around what they are naturally wired to do. And I know you've got a lot of experience in this regard. So perhaps share with us how it is you help clients identify their skills, talents, and abilities. Yes. And I always like to start with helping people understand what their passions and their interests are, because that is most alive for them. Right. So I ask clients, what excites you? What do you find you're naturally drawn to doing even when you don't have to do it in your spare time. Mm. For example, for me, it's all about self-development and mental and emotional growth. Whatever I'm doing, the talk always turns around to this. So I know (laughs) it's a significant part of my life because it lights me up. Wow. And the next thing I would ask clients to do is look at their skills or their talents or their gifts and Sometimes people struggle to understand this or identify it as well. 
So I asked them, what do people compliment you on? What do you think comes naturally to you, but you think everyone else should do it, but they don't? Take a closer look at it because that possibly could be an area of gifting for you. Right. And on a more formal basis, I asked them to take an inventory to see where they practice these skills or talents, where they feel energized about it, and look to see if it's in their existing job or in their hobbies and how they relate to what they're experiencing, where those giftings show up. So it helps to give them a sort of place to look. Mm -hmm. The other area is their values. Now, there are career values inventories that I have used in the past, and a lot of them are pretty spot on. But there is a big difference between seeing the values on paper and believing and owning them like this is what I value. There are practical values like I value money, for example, Mm -hmm. or I value caring for others. Things like that would come out, but it's also important to understand and believe that this is important to me and I should pursue this. If you are a praying person, I would say pray for discernment to ask about what you should be doing, what path should be made clear for you. And this is what happened to me when I, just before I came a psychotherapist, I was actually called to go to seminary, but I had no idea why. At the time, I thought only people who wanted to be preachers went to seminary. And I never wanted to be a minister, but (laughs) obeyed. And I went to seminary and I did a Master of Divinity, but I did not choose a specialization because I had no idea. And halfway through, I began getting the discernment to take counseling courses for all of my electives. And I wanted to do counseling, but I never really coupled it with doing a divinity program. And that course led me to do a psycho-spiritual perspective of therapy, which now I can offer to clients to help the whole of the person once again. It's so true that so many people struggle in the place of not knowing and yet never take the time to be still and reflect and meditate. Like you said, if you're a praying person, a spiritual person, doing the inner work to identify the direction in which you feel drawn to, because that's really where your answer will lie. It's important to do that inner work, that introspection, and have discernment about the direction that you call to serve in or the place you call to serve in, and then to respond, right? Because there's no magic formula. It's one thing to know, and it's another thing to respond and do the work to move in that direction. You shared how the work you do lights you up. And Probably even if nobody paid you, you will do that work, right? And that's what we should all aspire to. Um, But we have to do the work, like I said, to find out what that thing is that energizes us, because that's really where the magic is. And when we find that thing, we can then move closer to the point of aligning our careers with our natural giftings and talents. 
So secondly, if you could perhaps share with us, what are some of the key insights on how an individual can attract the right opportunities in their career once they have a relatively clear idea of the direction in which they want to take their professional endeavors and how to market themselves in the places and spaces that will serve those internal needs? Yes, absolutely. And I would start by saying before I went into psychotherapy, I took this from the approach of, of course, helping clients where they are to where they want to go. So someone is in one job, perhaps they want to move into a different career. And I started off by doing practical steps to help them get there, such as reevaluating the resume, making it friendly for the recruiters and so forth. But as I grew in my understanding, I realized that there is quite a bit of work that goes into making yourself ready to attract the right type of career opportunities. Mm -hmm. Sure, the goal is to secure the job that you want. But really, if the person is thinking about long term development, how do I want to truly live my purpose? Mm -hmm. It starts with the individual getting to know who they are and what they really want. And one of the exercises that I did with clients was have them create a career requirements, needs, and wants list. It's kind of like when you're dating and (laughs) are non-negotiable. The list, yes. (laughs) So they create the same thing for their career. So requirements are Mm non-negotiable. Needs can be substituted or negotiated. And then the wants provide fun or job stimulation, but they are not deal breakers. And knowing this makes it really easy to turn down jobs that do not align with who people are. The Mm -hmm. next step that I ask people to do is to research and explore the career options. And here you can do things like informational interviews to get to know more about the potential career And then you can use that type of information to identify transferable skills, skills that you already do in your current role, but it may be called by a different name. And you tweak it and use the name that it's identified by in the career that you're moving towards. If you notice there are any gaps in your skills or your knowledge, this is a great opportunity to take up any courses or maybe get a mentor who can help you bridge that gap between where you are and where you need to be. And one other step is to market yourself and all that you have done. And this touches back again on what people believe about themselves. And when people understand their values and they own it, it's easier to articulate it. They don't feel as much um, imposter syndrome, pretending or until you make it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it goes into understanding who I am, what do I like, what really brings me joy, where does God want me to be if you are a spiritual person in that sense. Understanding this, owning what we do, and then articulating it becomes a bit easier. So we place it on our resume without thinking, I'm boasting or that's all downplaying something. No, we say things as we are, as they are, because that is who we are. Yeah, it's so important to believe in your own value. You know, as a clinician, it's 
easy to own your value and be confident in the clinical space and managing your patients and dealing with the day-to-days of clinical life. But I find that the moment clinicians want to transition out of a clinical space, then they start to question their value or simply don't know how to articulate the value of their transferable skills into other spaces. And sometimes we feel like we're blowing our own trumpets or perhaps stretching the truth in terms of what we can do simply because we haven't applied our skills in a different setting. And getting over that imposter syndrome that you mentioned is such an important pivotal point to growing and scaling your career. Yes. And as you're saying this, this just reminds me of an example from my own career when I was switching from finance to go into education, the role that I was doing, the career uh, career uh, success officer, they required a lot of planning. There was a lot of events planning in this job, and I've never done events planning in finance. However, I planned at the time, I had experience planning my wedding. Oh, so wow. I knew of how I planned my wedding to show transferable skills in this new career that required events planning. So it's just to show that sometimes we think career only, but look across your lifespan, across your experiences, see what skills are required, what you've used and demonstrated well and how you articulate to your interviewer or on your resume to show you know what it's about. You haven't done it maybe in your last career, but you can because you've done it in life. And we all bring all of us to any role. So it's not off limits. It's the same skills you use, just in a different environment. Thank you for sharing those insights. I think we often don't recognize the skills we acquire just in the course of doing life, whether that be volunteering in your community, activities you're involved in through your church or other organizations, These all amount to skills that can be applied to professional roles, especially when we are considering a career pivot. And I want to say to our audience today that I think the generation of having one career path for life is long past us. Um, Seasons of life change and our professional roles can change as those seasons of life change. You know, as clinicians, we often think of ourselves as, you know, having a whole of life career. If you're trained as a nurse, well, that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life until you retire. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. We can evolve based on how our personal lives evolve or on practical or professional needs that shift in our lives And being sensitive to those shifts around us and positioning ourselves to respond to those internal or external shifts is what will set us up for career success. Then we won't hit roadblocks uh, or bumps in the road that then derail us. But we kind of make peace with the fact that there is another dimension to the level of impact and contribution we can make to society. So as we draw this interview to a close, what advice do you have professionals who may be at a point of frustration or stagnation in their careers? They know they want change, but simply feel stuck 
and don't know how to move forward? The key piece of advice I would say is take time to understand your why. Why do you want to switch careers? And in understanding the why, make sure you're running towards something and not running away from something. Because when considering a career change, you've got to be clear and positive about the destination that you have in mind. Simply trying to escape or avoid a negative situation may not be the best motivator for moving jobs. Right. Because if someone has struggles internally or have diff- or if they have difficulty responding to different types of environments, but that's a problem that they need to address, they need to look at themselves first. Mm-hmm. Be honest, take an honest look at their life, understand what is my history? What is triggering me? How do I respond in different situations? Make sure they're not running from something that can be addressed by maybe seeing a coach or a therapist in order to understand their why. It is so much better when someone moves towards a goal that is a natural progression or a calling or a desire for expansion, for growth, for betterment, as opposed to this work environment doesn't suit me. Learn to adjust. If it's healthy and if it's safe, learn to adjust your responses before moving on because you want to give it a fair shot. What happens if Mm. you move on and you meet a similar environment? Do you keep jumping roles? But knowing the why is super important. Look at your life experiences. See why you want to move. I had a client who had an experience in childhood. He is a car detailer and he works so hard, extra long on each car because he just wants the approval of the the owner of the car. And when we look at his why for doing his role, it's because when he was 10 years old, he cleaned his stepfather's car and the stepfather was not impressed and not pleased. And he felt so defeated that subconsciously ever since, He's been trying to win that approval, that feeling of approval that he wanted when he was 10 years old by doing the job that he does today. Do we know if that experience didn't happen, if he would have still been a car detailer or would he have chosen another job? We don't know. But it's all these things we need to understand about ourselves to know why we want why what we want and then evaluating all of us to ensure we are moving into a space that promises growth rather than running from something or acting from a place of unresolved issues. Wow. What you've just shared is so powerful. I think it's important to our audience to recognize that before making any abrupt career changes or even life changes, it's important to reflect on the why, but also to ask ourselves, Can I change anything internally? Is there anything about the situation or how I respond to the situation that can change in order to promote a more healthy environment or more contentment in my own life? And what you said is so true that a pivot should not be about 
escaping from a situation at work that we're not happy about. But a career pivot should really be about a broader growth and development plan, an opportunity to take your career to the next level, to make a bigger impact, rather than simply leaving the type of work, the work environment that we are not happy with. What is it that we aspire to rather than what is it that we are unhappy about? So a more constructive viewpoint of career development. So I'd encourage our listeners to reflect on the important points shared um, in this interview today. Janelle, thank you so much for the nuggets that you shared with us. I've personally taken a few out for myself and will be re-listening to this episode, journaling some of the key advice and applying it even in my own professional development journey. And so listeners, I trust that you enjoy the insight shared and that you'll do the work to dig deep, understand your why and be able to move forward in terms of taking your career to the next level of impact or influence or contribution within your professional spheres. And thank you so much for having me. And I would just end by saying it's great when we grow and move into the space that we were meant to be. And it is great also to take the time to evaluate to get there because it is worth it. We just need to put the work in to understand ourselves so that we grow along and into the growth process. So thank you so much for having me. And I wish you every success as you continue to support and educate your listeners. Thank you so much, Janelle. And if you've been listening today and you're interested in connecting with Janelle, why not listen to the Shades of Trauma Healing podcast where you can get more insights into how to deal with past traumas that may be holding you back from accomplishing your life and career goals. I will put the link in the show notes. That's a wrap for today. But before we sign out, I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who can also benefit from the resources and insights shared to help them grow and scale their careers. And finally, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review for the show? I'd love to hear how this content is helping you on your career development journey. So meet me back here again on Monday for another episode of Life Beyond Clinical Practice. Goodbye.